Travel healthcare tax, it is one of the most fundamental and vital parts and cogs of evolving your travel game. We've got to talk about it. We're ready to talk about it. I've alluded to it, but today I've got a real professional, good friend of mine, CPA, who's going to join us. Joseph Conte with Travel Nurse Tax is going to join us, and we're going to talk about everything healthcare traveler tax related on today's edition of Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway, CEO of NextGen MedStaff. So excited to jump on this episode today. It's actually been a long time coming. Uh, it, again, you guys do know for 106 episodes, I oftentimes, probably at least 50% of the time, even if it's an episode that has nothing to do with taxes, I talk about taxes a lot. You guys also know that I always mention, if you don't believe me, go back and rewind. Getting a professional, I always say, first of all, you got to get a CPA. Please, please, please. It's part of that business mindset. If you're creating a business, you wouldn't just hire anybody to handle your payroll or anybody to handle your, your advertising, your marketing. You want the best of the best. So why would a traveler just go into one of these pop-up, you know, I won't mention the names, I don't want to get anybody, whatever, but, you know, just a, a tax return place where you're getting an accountant or somebody that may not even have that much experience. You need a CPA, a certified public accountant that understands what it is that you guys do. You have a lot of tax advantage things. We're going to talk about that today with Joe. A lot of things you're already taking that are available to you legally as a healthcare traveling professional. The idea is to have your tax prepared by a professional certified public accountant so that they are doing the best by you and you can have that peace of mind. And I guess understand that you're, you're in good hands. You know what's going on. This is such a nuanced niche business that I'm excited about getting Joe on today. Joe and I met about four years ago. We've been, we've been good friends ever since. You know, he's, he's in the business. I'll give you a little background on him. Uh, we met at Travcon. He was just kind of poking around. His wife was a traveler. She's an RN, still is currently, but she traveled for quite a while, I believe. He's a CPA, and it didn't take long for the two of those geniuses to say, you know what, we've got an opportunity here to help travelers. And obviously, Joseph started off with uh, helping nurses, and he's branched out into allied professionals now. I mean, it, for him, it's, it's, it is, it, you know, the whole thing is the same thing. It's understanding your tax home. It's understanding how your taxes work. Making sure that the contracts you guys are signing are legitimate with the amount of money that you are looking at accepting for meals, incidentals, and for housing, those tax-free stipends that you get, are they correct? Are they right? Is it what's in your best interest? Um, Joseph's got his entire firm is dedicated to healthcare staffing, traveling healthcare staffing professionals, which means you guys. 
So again, I don't. This isn't a plug. I mean, well, it isn't, is it? I mean, I'd love you guys to go, to give them a call, and I, and I think you should. But to have a CPA who's actually his entire practice is focused on what you guys do. There's no surprises. He has seen it all, done it all. I know today we're going to talk, and I plan to talk to Joseph about a lot of things that may frighten some of you if you, in fact, have had um, some bad experiences where you, you just were kind of flying blind, blindly and maybe made some bad decisions based upon what you were taking tax-free, the amount. You know, gone are the days where agencies actually used to try to get away with giving you more tax-free than what you know you were you were basically allowed to take they were doing that to save on payroll taxes for your taxable income i hope to be able to talk to joe's about that i think he's been doing this long enough he'll remember that too but it, things have changed a lot more now you guys really are relatively safe as far as having to pay about your back taxes back but there are some nuances and some things i want to talk about for example how long can you stay in an assignment how long until some of those tax-free amounts you're getting now need to be taxed because you've been there too long. So I've got some really important questions. Again, things that I've I've thrown out there, things that I've talked about. I, as you guys know, don't give tax advice. I give tax opinion purposefully because I'm not qualified to give tax advice, and Joseph is. So we've been talking about, I mean, obviously with, with, with next-gen med staff and with how crazy our, our, our whole concept is, it seemed like every time we had some opportunity for Joseph and I to get together, it was either a business or, a, in his case, you know, a personal tax deadline, which is why we're bumping a few episodes, pushing them back, and trying to get this recorded and aired quickly because there is a personal deadline here in October that we'd like to have this episode out in front of in case any of you need some quick help. Uh, Joe's ready, and he's, he's ready to go. So, again, his background is he's a certified public accountant, and he understands what it is that you guys do. He knows the rules. He knows the legal deductions, the legal things you shouldn't take. And by the way, a lot of things have changed in the last five, six years. I know there's some big changes back, I can't remember when, 2015, 2017, he'll know. And I think some things happened again recently. So you want somebody who understands what you guys do. And I think that's the whole gist of this. And I've invited Joe, so I'm just kind of stalling a little bit to wait for him to get on. But, I mean, that's the crux of it. And what do I do with my headphones now? Oh, there we are. So I'm going to try to reach over. And I'm, I'm at my little makeshift desk here because I got a lot of stuff going on today. And I just said, let's get this thing done. The team back in Denver said they could edit this and get it out quickly. So, again, we've got some really cool episodes that we've already recorded. But they're still uh, they're still in the can and ready to go. So that'll be good. So hang on, plug this in. But I, I see he's getting ready, too. We've talked a bunch before, uh, Joe and I have, and I just want to have this episode be treated almost as if, and just bear with me, I want this to be timeless. I want this to be very widespread uh, a usage episode where whether you've been traveling for 20 years and you, you just want to learn a little more or revalidate that you're doing things right, or you're looking to start traveling in the future, or you're a newbie, all those things are going to apply. So uh, hopefully this will all make sense. And again, I want this episode to stand the test of time. Sorry, my my boxer Maximus the dog is playing with a bone, so I thought I could get away with this without him tuning it, but that's okay. Joe's on, so if he's going to behave, <laughs> we'll see how we do. So anyway, um, plug him in. Let's grab Joe and let's have a good, uh, good, good episode. Treat this like you guys have never heard about Tax Advantage before and don't know much about it, because I think that's going to be the key. If you open your mind, even if you think you have all the answers, you may be surprised at some of the stuff you learned today because I guarantee there'll be two or three things that Joe says that are going to be like, wow, I didn't know that. So I'm looking forward to this. And uh, without further ado, Joseph Conti. 
CPA. Let me grab him up here for it. There he is. Hey, Joe, how are you, man? Doing great, Mark. How are you? Well, I'm doing all right. Good, good to see you again, my friend. It's been a while. I know we've, we talk here and there on different social media platforms. Uh, how's, how's business? Business is great. You know, it's been, been, been a busy year. It seems like tax season kind of goes year round now. Um, yeah. The October deadline coming up next week. So right. it's a pretty busy time for us. Yeah, we're trying to squeeze this episode in. You and I are recording it quickly. Usually we have a couple, as they say, in the business, in the can. But uh, the team, I asked the team if they could kind of bump you up here because I, I want to get this out before, before this, uh, this October tax deadline. And obviously this, this episode is going to stand the test of time. And, you know, I guess let's, let's kind of start with your background. You obviously, your, your wife was a travel nurse. Uh, and it's kind of how you kind of learned about this whole, this whole part of being, I mean, obviously you're, you're a certified public accountant. Let's start with that. Correct. My wife is a travel nurse, and also you kind of start going, "Hey, wait a minute! There's there's an opportunity here." Absolutely, yeah. My wife was a travel nurse, still is a nurse. Now she's a nurse educator, and she's you know, sort of in the business still. Um, you know, when I first started in the tax world twenty plus years ago, you know, this was a, an open area where really a lot of nurses weren't being served. I have a great friend named Jonathan Gardner, also who is a time a nurse, and he's a CRNA now, and he was like, "We need help." Um, we're out here traveling, there's multi-states, all these different things going on. There's no one out here to really help us and we need it. So, and that was really kind of the start of going down this path, you know, going on close to 20 years ago now at this point. Yeah. I mean, kind of like us with Next Gen MedSafe, you've kind of found a little bit of a niche and, and I, it's an important one. I mean, I, this is the 107th episode we've recorded of this, of this I guess we'll call it a series. And I've referenced many, many times, you know, that I've told traveling healthcare professionals, please, the first thing you should do is get a certified public accountant. Spend a couple of hundred bucks. You're gonna you're gonna have peace of mind. You're gonna it's gonna make you sleep well at night, and you're gonna get good tax advice from somebody that understands, you know, at least at least understands the rules. Let alone somebody like you and your firm that that totally kind of gear themselves towards traveling healthcare professionals. Right. Yeah. So we 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 understand the tax side of it. You know, I personally have lived it, so we kind of get both angles. And it's funny you mentioned peace of mind. That's one of our firm's you know, core values is providing peace of mind to our clients. You know, this is something that it can be a scary sort of uh, venture dealing with the IRS, filing taxes in multiple states where you don't really live. You're there for travel. It brings a lot of anxiety for people and a lot of uncertainty. So our, our goal, one of our core values, in fact, is really to bring peace of mind during the providing the service for people. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean. I, I, like I say, I can't imagine being a, a fledgling traveler, even someone with some experience. I mean, I get nervous talking about anything tax related on this podcast, this YouTube channel, because I'm not educated and I shouldn't. I never give tax advice. Um, I certainly try to give sometimes tax opinion and I, and I qualify all the time because this makes me so nervous about even talking about. I can't imagine what it must be like to be a traveling healthcare professional and just Kind of listening to other people, other you know, other counterparts out there, which I think where most of them get their advice, and saying, "Oh, I should do it this way. I should do it that way." And yes, there's a lot of very educated travelers to understand it, but there's also a lot of bad information out there that is, you know, it's, this is kind of important. It's not just a little thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, so yeah. I say, a CPA, let alone somebody like you, do it. It's it it's got to be overwhelming for them. Yeah, like you said, there is a lot of information out there, some good, um, and there's some not so good information that's on the social channels and, and different areas on the internet. So um, we hear a lot of questions about, oh, I saw this on TikTok or on Instagram, or 
you know, my friend is doing this. Um, again, sometimes it's perfectly fine in line with the rules and sometimes it's, it's some trouble. And when, when it's trouble, we, we try to advise the proper route to take to avoid, you know, the IRS coming down one day with a letter or, or you know, yeah, nobody right. wants that. I remember a few years back, I had a, I had a current traveler of mine with a previous company was calling me. They were sitting in it. I'll just say it may be one of those places that has a Statue of Liberty person standing out there in a costume on the corner right around tax time. And the gal mm-hmm. who was doing the taxes got me on the phone and she was asking me as a CEO of a company tax questions for the client that was our traveler. I'm like this. I, I, I said, can I have can I talk to her? I said, get out of there. Go talk to a CPA. I'm not shouldn't be telling your person what little information I know. And that's how scary it is out there. You've got people like that preparing travelers taxes that have no business preparing right. a, 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 I mean, in my opinion, I, mean, I know they're, I know they're, they're qualified, but it's, it's, this is a unique situation. These are very unique things. And we're going to talk about a lot of those today. And it's, it's, to me, it's, it, it's, it just makes sense. And what you and, and, and your partner are doing, and when I know it's, it's, it's mostly on your side of the desk, it's, I think it's, it's great. And there's like, there's, it, there's, there's more room for great CPAs that are dedicated to healthcare professionals because it is scary out there. I mean, that's, that's the long and short of it. I'll, there's I, more room out there for, for others, but I like to, be the main one. I'd like to be that, <laughs> that resource. So you mentioned uh, two things I wanted to bring up. One is I've been on the phone with tax preparers as well, where a traveler was going to a walk-in shop to get their tax returns prepared. Um, my phone rings and I, and so-and-so, can you talk to the tax person who's doing my returns? So again, my, my first instinct is I want to make sure that the traveler is doing the right thing and is, is protected. Mm-hmm. And so I take those calls. It's been a handful over the years. I take the calls. I speak to the preparer. I do the best I can to give information to make sure they're not putting the traveler at risk or, or missing anything that's important. But, yeah, the, the, the better solution there is probably to get up and, and walk out maybe and, and try another approach. So our business is similar to a lot of what the nurses and other uh, healthcare travelers are doing. There's, you know, the nurse who specializes in, you know, ICU might be able to work in the NICU, uh, you know, because it's an ICU type of job, but they might not know all the specific details or in the cardiac unit, they might be okay there, just maybe not get it exactly the way they should. And just like the, the medical field, our job is pretty uh, exacting. You know, there's a right and a wrong sometimes. So, well, absolutely. And again, that goes back to that, that piece of mind, I guess. So you and I met, let's go back a little bit. We were, we were at TravCon couple three four three four years ago four years ago gosh we're getting time's flying before covid before covid right COVID. i want to say it was 2019 i had gotten i needed a break from the team and can i listen travcon's a great thing there is some education going on but we all know it's also a big giant party and i brought a bunch of young kids with me and recruiters because i wanted them to do that tow that line for me and i went into a steakhouse to get away from all of me I and mean, you and i end up sitting at the bar next to other having dinner do you remember those popovers did you get one of those popovers that that place had i did they oh, actually gave us they gave us the recipe to bring home i don't know if you remember that i do and I, of course i don't have it i, I, I didn't do. i didn't make them but they were awesome that was really good <laughs> right. i know yeah. i was going man i should be eating this but wow that was good. just a unique situation so we anyway we sat down and i'm like he's like what do you what do you do what do you do and i'm like oh i'm, I'm I'm part of this this circus and you're like oh, I'm, I'm down here kind of learning and getting and not learning but just kind of here with my wife and kind of getting more more information and just kind of observing um the, the, what's being said out there and you know, we we obviously headed off and and uh I, we, i've learned a lot from you and a lot of things that i've said on travel evolved um have been reaffirmed by you i mean for the most part 
I don't sit there and say things off the cusp unless I've kind of talked to an expert like you about it. But there are still some things that I that I, I haven't always, you know, said, listen, I don't know if I'm 100% accurate. So let's kind of start off with, I mean, let's just get a, a 36,000 foot viewpoint of, of this. Obviously, the, the main topic we're talking about is what's called a, a quote unquote tax advantage, which I guess let's kind of speak to that. And I want, you know, let's assume that we've got some brand new travelers or some travelers that have never uh, never traveled before and they're thinking about this and maybe this is completely new information to them. But let's kind of walk our, our, our listeners and viewers to through what exactly is it that we're really talking about? Why is it that we're, we're taking some stuff tax-free? What is tax-free and how does that kind of whole thing look and flow? Sure. Yeah, well, I think what you're mainly getting at here is the, is the tax home situation. That's really the basis for the traveler being entitled or being able to receive stipends for housing meals and incidentals on a tax-free basis. So that is kind of the core, the bedrock of going out as a traveler, at least from the financial benefit or the tax benefit. That's, that's the big one. So it's maintaining, keeping and maintaining your tax home as, as a traveler. Right. And that's pr- primarily, tell me if I'm completely off base, but I mean, the idea is that the government recognizes that you're going to have expenses that you wouldn't normally have if you were doing your job at home. And it's unfair to tax you fully on those things because Let's be honest, you're going to have to eat out more often than you probably would have if you were at home. You're going to be going out right. and dropping your laundry off, or you may have, I mean, there's all these little, what they call meals and incidentals, interesting how they call it that, that you're going to experience that you wouldn't have typically at home. And they're all based upon that particular county's cost of living, right? So the more expensive it is to live there, the higher both meals and incidentals and a, a, a housing stipend would be. And it's, it's based upon the fact that, that the government is giving you a break on a, a smaller percentage, a percentage of your income that they know is going to be because you're going to base that money is going to go right to you and go right out the door into that, into your expenses that you're incurring. Right. Yeah. You're, so you're, if you're duplicating living expenses to, in order to work a temporary travel work assignment, the stipends are designed to offset some or as much of that duplicate, duplicated expenses as possible. So that's the theory behind that. Right. So let me throw a curveball at you. I, I so told you I'd do some of these. If someone doesn't own or rent an apartment or a home, uh, let's assume they don't, they don't also have an RV. Can they and, and should they? Do you advise them? To, what, what do they do with a housing stipend in that situation? So if they don't own or rent a home, and so in their, so they live with their folks, maybe, in that situation where they don't own it, they don't even rent it from them. But if they're, if they're established there as their home, working, and they have established as a tax home, other than the fact that they're not paying any rent or mortgage, if they're going to go out and travel, they should maintain living expenses at that home. So it's either sharing expenses with their cohabitants or their, their folks or their family or friends, um, paying rent. Either arrangement will work, but if they don't have expenses at their tax home and then go out and travel, then they really don't have a tax home at that, at that point. Right. So, so we recommend that they make a payment and, and get on some sort of program to that, do that. That makes sense. So like a, a travel nurse or a travel ally professional, let's just say that that has been successful and they're able to literally go from assignment to assignment and they've actually had, you know, provided their own housing on an assignment basis. That would be, A, I'm, I'm sure you would consult with them individually and privately, but the, the, rec- the recommendation would be in that scenario that you probably want to skip taking that, that meal, I'm sorry, that housing stipend as part of it, but the meals and incentives would still apply. Is that what it's that kind of thing here? Well, if they don't have a legitimate tax home, they should, yeah, either the stipends they're receiving would become taxable in theory because they don't have, they're not duplicating expenses. So there's really no need for, for, uh, or no allowance to receive that stipend at that point tax-free. And then 
what we usually would do is we would advise them to make arrangements at home at their, at their workplace or their tax home, their would-be tax home, to establish the connection financially to be paying and incurring those expenses while traveling. That makes sense. Yeah. And again, I'm going to tell, tell my listeners that. I mean, I'm going to give out your information here a couple of times, but I mean, and, and I'll throw this out right now. You you provide a 15-minute, you know, it's very inexpensive. It's 30 bucks for a 15-minute or even probably longer consultation. And anything you pay in that 30 bucks applies toward the filing of your return if they, if they you know, choose to go with you, which I would highly recommend our listeners to do so. So you also, you know, someone's freaking out right now. I mean, I know it's October, but they're freaking out. They're worried about, you know, some of their tax-free stuff they've taken. They just want that peace of mind. Mm-hmm. They can call you at, I'm going to throw it out there, 800-672-0364, or they can go to travelnursetax.com and, and at least connect with you and get some peace of mind for, you know, what will eventually apply toward their return with you guys, right? Correct. We take phone calls all year. Uh, we're, we're 12 months out of the year. We're working full time on this. Um, if it's not going to be me, it's going to be one of the staff members will take the call. Usually it's a tax home consultation or any other consultation regarding or surrounding their specific circumstances. So we'll answer those questions, help them on their way towards you know their, their tax preparation. If they want us to hire, to hire us to do the returns, same thing. We'll apply that $30 payment to reduce the fee for the tax returns. Right. I mean, to me, I mean, 30 bucks, especially nowadays with inflation going on, that's, that's nothing. I mean, that's a gallon of milk practically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. A couple of gallons of gas. So to, wow. to throw that at, at having an expert firm look at kind of what you've been doing so far this year, I would recommend everybody that's, if you guys are watching this episode, just, you know, give Joe and his, his you know, team a call. And again, I'm not trying to do an infomercial here, but you and I have been trying to hook up for a long time. And I've been excited about this episode because I really can honestly say that this is a good thing to do. You are dealing with an expert that understands healthcare travel more so than any, any normal CPA in your state. So, I mean, it, it's worth the call. So let's, let's talk about the GSA. And this is one of those, I think it's kind of, so the GSA is the government website that all of us agencies kind of use as our, our framework or our, our, our guide to what, each county is doing, and, and obviously there's some seasonality to those counties. Like sometimes they go up and down on meals and sales based upon a higher expensive summer or high expensive winter. Mm-hmm. But it's the figure that we all use as our barometer for what a traveler can take or should be taking maximum tax free for both meals and incentives, and of course what the housing stipend is, is predicated or based upon. And again, the, the, the bottom line is that people don't have to do this, right? Then an agency should never force a traveler to take anything tax free if they don't want to, correct? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the negotiation to make the tax package or the pay package as favorable for the traveler as well as the agency. It's, it's part of that conversation. Right. And I mean, it, it, what's, what I think the, the, the trouble is where some travelers, like, let's just say you're, you want to buy a home and you, you need to show that income. Because obviously, if you're taking income tax-free, whether it's on a meals and incentives, housing stipend, or both, that income is not reported at the end of the year on your W-4 does not show up anywhere. So the government doesn't see that. So it's not recognized income. So if you're looking to buy a home, your income has been reduced and you may not qualify for a home or the home that you're looking for. Correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be careful. It's not even income. It's a reimbursement essentially. So it's not, it's not income. It's, it's a reimbursement of a duplicate expense that you might be incurring as a traveler. So if you're looking to refinance your home or anything that's going to require tax documents, I understand if you're buying a car and you just need paycheck stuff, that's a whole different monster because most car dealerships will look at total income they get they get this but for anybody out there that is you know in the next year or the rest of this year or any year you guys have to keep that in mind if if you're it's great to have a tax advantage but that advantage can you may want to pay those taxes 
if you need to show an income. And that's just something that I think agencies force upon you. What the trouble with us agencies is when someone says they want to be all taxable, that changes oftentimes our pay package because we're paying a payroll tax on just the taxable income alone, which means when we aren't carving out meals and incidentals, we're not carving out housing, mm-hmm. our tax burden, if you will, on a weekly paycheck is reduced and is only based upon that taxable income. If we add those back in, back in and we're taxing everyone everything, that increases that cost for us, which is, again, don't, I don't want people to get confused. It's not your payroll. It's not your taxes that you're paying as, a, as an employee. It's a payroll tax the employer, employers pay. So oftentimes agencies have to reduce their total gross amount that they're offering because there is a higher, it's not a huge percentage, but if it's all of it's taxable, then, then the margins will dip because we have to pay that fee to Uncle Sam. Correct. It could be thousands of dollars per assignment per, oh, absolutely. per, you know, per, right. per nurse. So it's but, difficult. And I, and I will, I will, I, I don't usually defend my competitors, but it is hard when someone says, Hey, I want to do this because we're assuming that that's not the case. So when we're going to talk about some things at the end of this episode that I think I'm kind of excited about where I think Travis can really do some great things, but it is, it is a recommendation. So I want all the travelers out there to understand that you, if you want to, if you're uncomfortable in any way, shape or form, and you don't get a chance to talk to you know, CPA or to Joe's team directly, you do not have to be forced fed into taking anything tax-free at all. That is not a decision that an agency should ever make for you. You can say, no, I want all my stuff tax-free. You're the one that knows what you're doing. You're the one that's there. So never let an agency bully you into taking more or even less tax-free than, than what you want. Yeah. So the issue with that is that if, if, an, if a nurse or an allied provider has a package negotiated and they have the total compensation where they want it to be, and then they say, after we're done, okay, now I want it all taxed. That, that changes the math uh, yeah. on, on both sides. And the, the, either the staffing agency or the recruiter might not agree with that. They might have to change the package. And so it could lead to some disagreements. Exactly. And so it's, I mean, it's interesting. I want, I want to qualify what I said a few seconds ago. I don't mean you can take as much as you want to as a traveler tax-free. I think any agency that allows you to go over that GSA recommendation or that, I don't know if it's a recommendation, is it a recommendation or is it a, is it, is it a guideline? Is it a rule? It's a rule. It's a pretty, it's a specific number. Yeah. You should not go over that. And on the flip side of that, you know, the higher you get there, often the lower the wage gets. So there is a balance there. The wage still has to be a reasonable wage, a taxable wage has to be reasonable for the expertise level, the geography and the specialty. Right. And like with our app, I mean, again, and I think all, all companies are the same way. When a recruiter quotes you, they are looking at the GSA. Usually it's programmed into their software so they can see it. Our app is the same way when we are out there and you know our app just throws out the total gross and it's all based upon that counties. And we use it on that zip code where that hospital is located. It's the best we can do. We can't tell where someone's going to be living, but we assume they're going to be living within, you know, close to that zip code. And it usually doesn't fluctuate. So it's all based upon that. So a, a, a traveler can instantly see what the maximum is. And again, do, do you remember, you and I have been in this industry long enough, do you remember when, when agencies used to like offer more tax-free than what the GSA would even recommend or would allow? I, I do. And I will say now it's, I mean, I, I don't know if I've seen an agency in several years that miscalculated that. Let's put it that way. I don't think I've seen that in a long time. Right. But there were several, you know, going back many years, there were instances where we would see it. And if we see that as a tax preparer, we, we would usually would say, Look, you know, you should report this income right now. Get ahead of any potential issue because this right. is this is the wrong split. You're not getting paid enough, and your stipends are too high. So we proactively go and report that. It does not happen often anymore. Like I said, if at all, 
Right. But in the past, it, it had been an issue a couple of times. I mean, it's, it's really weird how the industry has changed. That, that's one of the things that has changed for the better. It was almost like common practice that a, a travel. I mean, these, the people are watching us that, are, that I, you know, I call them the new travelers. We have a whole bunch of new folks that kind of join, you know, healthcare staffing and travel in general when the, when the pandemic came out before that, certainly after that. Um, but a lot of them are going, what? And listen to us right now. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, there was a time when you had to have your guard up, making sure that the agency wasn't like trying to make more tax free. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, the more tax free income we give you, the less payroll taxes we as an agency are paying. So it was bad. People were like agencies out there trying to like save tax money. By having a traveler agree, I don't know how they got away with it. And the travelers would also take home more money in that situation as well, yeah. because they're not paying their half of the Social Security and Medicare. So it could be sold to a traveler as a win-win, but that uh, that allied provider or nurse might not even realize what they're you know what they're doing might not have been along the guidelines, the IRS guidelines. Yeah, I will say in general, I've noticed over the last probably ten years that. The, 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 the temperature out there on people being worried about taxes and that sort of thing has gotten better. I think that's the biggest catalyst is that agencies aren't doing that anymore. So now it's really about tax home and about deductions, which is why, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm recommending a CPA because it's not that you're going to get in trouble over the, over the tax-free amounts you've taken. It's more about having an unprofessional, non-traveler veteran person looking at and, do, and, and preparing your taxes that doesn't understand what deductions you should and shouldn't be taking because you've already gotten a whole bunch of benefit tax-wise by being a traveler. So that's where the scary thing comes in, having somebody that's trying to say, well, we should take this, this deduction and those deductions. And a lot of deductions have changed over the last few years, have they not? Yeah. Yeah. So back in 2017, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, they, the IRS eliminated many or most, if not all, of the unreimbursed employee expenses that nurses and other travelers used to be able to take. So those are, for the most part, now no longer allowed. They increased the standard deduction by, by 100%. They basically doubled it. So that helps quite a bit. Um, the big one is still the stipends for meals and sandals and sometimes for travel allowances and mileage and things like that. So those are still items that the agencies can reimburse the traveler but the traveler's not able to deduct those unless they're self-employed traveler. So that's the other sort of caveat that changes the game a little bit. And we can get into more of that later. But yeah. if you're a self-employed traveler or you have a side business, um, then you can take certain tax deductions against that income as long as it's related to that business. So, again, we don't have time to go over side businesses. And, and you and I are going to talk about your own, your own company. That was the, the thing I was alluding to that we're going to, we're going to bring you back. I've always said, we like to have guests on a second time. I've yet to have anybody back a second time, but you and I are talking, you know, many I'll times. I'll be the first one. Time. Yeah, you're going to be the first one because I've got to do that episode. And it is about forming your own LLC. And I'll, I'll refer to it again at the end of the, the, uh, the, the podcast here. But I've been dying to talk to travelers about how much it makes sense to form your own LLC and take everything. As a, as a 1099 employee, basically, right? Is that my, am I saying that right? Yeah, 1099 independent contractor. Right. We're going to talk about that. We, we've, we, you and I talked pre, you know, off camera. We said it, we didn't think that we were ready for that episode just yet, but it is coming. I've got a few more financial things I want to share, more episodes I want to share. But I, I think within the next probably four or five months, we want to have you back on uh, whenever your business is, you know, allows us to. Because I want to talk about that because I really think it's a win-win for everybody. But that's, that's coming for sure. But as far as second income, there's a lot of travelers out there that do have some side hustles. We even did a side hustle episode. I think we've recorded that one. I can't remember if we have it or it's on the agenda. That's a whole different monster. So 
a lot of travelers, you have a whole set of different uh, deductions and, and circumstances for travelers that have additional income on it other than being a traveler. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We provide a full range of services to, you know, travels, travel nurses, travel allied providers, other businesses as well. I have a partner and we, we work uh, in tandem uh, on that. So if you're no longer a traveler, or if you go into business, you know, we can still take care of those, those tax needs there. Right. And again, a, a, a general, you know, person at a, at a place isn't going to understand what, what can and can't be done, you know, with, with safety and security of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And that's, I mean, guys, I hope you're hearing this because when I sit there and harp on, please use a CPA and I have for 106 episodes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, I've been wanting to get Joe on for a while because not only do I want to say have it use a CPA, but use someone that really understands, I mean, he's been married to somebody for how long he has been married? 20 years this month. Woo! Nice. Cheers. Cheers to that. Good, good for you. you. Thank good you. Good for you. So, I mean, that's that's part of it. So, all right. So I want to pick your brain about something a little bit off topic, but a lot of my, my listeners and viewers know that I've, I've, I've been adamant about the, the way travelers are paid. And I know this has less to do with taxes, but it has a lot to do with income. And we, we strive here at, at Next Gen Med Staff. I've always said I've had a big problem and I've had a big credibility issue with other agencies. And I, and I, I guess my inner heart hurts every time I see a contract. And people send me contracts all the time. Mark, take a look at this. What's, what's the deal? You know, we're the highest paying company for any jobs we have, but there's jobs we don't have yet. And so when people send me over, I say, yeah, it looks, looks pretty good. But every one of these contracts has outlined thusly. It shows their taxable income. And I'm going to use some really straightforward figures to make it easy for listeners. Let's just say it says $50 an hour taxable. And for simplicity's sake, we're going to say that there's a meals and incentives allowance of 360 bucks a week, which I think the lowest is like 413, but we'll say 360 because it makes my math easy. And then there's a housing stipend, let's just say 750 bucks a week. That's how almost all contracts are broken down. They are silent oftentimes on anything other information like that. The thing that's been bothering me is about 15 years ago, I noticed where it just became a common practice where travel healthcare professionals, when they work, let's say if you're on a 12 hour shift and you're doing 36 hours, when you work a 37th hour, you only get in our scenario, we just outlined $50 for that, for that hour. And I've said, wait, wait a minute, that's not your full compensation. Housing's housing. And it's all based upon, you know, the number of weeks that you're there. But the last time I checked, in this case, if you take 360 and you divide it by 36 hours, that's a nice, easy 10 bucks an hour. That's still your income. It just so happens that between hours zero and 36, your agency decided to make that tax free. So they gave you $360 or 10 bucks an hour of your of your income was tax free. But your income really in this our scenario is $60 an hour. So why are you only getting 50 bucks an hour for that 37th hour? The agency is pocketing that 10 bucks an hour. And last time I checked, our bill rate is the same on that 37th hour as it was for the first hour. So it, it, to me, how do you explain that other than you're just increasing your margins and agency and you're, and you're kind of ripping the nurse off? Yeah, I mean, the key there is what you said is that the agency's margin presumably is not going to change from 36 to 40. So yeah, it's, it's, bigger. Of those things. it's, in, it's in sort of a standard industry practice, although not standard for, for next gen, but it's a standard industry <laughs> practice out there that has been going on since as far back as I can see. Here's my philosophical problem with it. I, I think many of my listeners know that I almost got this industry three years ago. I, I had, I thought it was kind of a gross industry as far as from an agency standpoint, it was yucky, started feeling like yucky. 
And I said, we've got to figure out how to do better for these travelers. Now, here's my philosophy. Why? This is what we do. I'll tell you what Next Gen MedSafe does. We would pay that traveler in this example $60 an hour for hours 36 to 40, and we would tax them fully on that, 36 hour, on that, on that $60 an hour. I'm sorry, because it's still their income. Now, that extra 10 bucks that they're getting for that time, they're going to get taxed heavier on it. We're going to pay higher payroll tax. So our margin actually decreases, but we weren't expecting a 37th hour, let alone over, you know, up to 40 or over that time. So it's free money for us. So why, in yeah. our case, our margin shrinks because we're happy we got more hours, but we're giving more of that to the traveler. And yes, of course, we're giving more to Uncle Sam, but that's just the way it has to be because he or she chose to work harder and longer. When we quoted her her pay rate of 50 bucks an hour, it was predicated on, in this case scenario, 468 total hours, which is 36 times 13. So if we get a 469th hour, why is our margin increasing? And I've said, the only way I can explain that is that because the agency is stealing 10 bucks an hour from you because we're still billing the same and they're not even paying taxes right. on any of it. It's just unethical yeah. to me and it's a problem. Yeah, and the agency's margin percentage, you know, is, is way up. It, it, the margin overall can still go up. The dollar margin can go up even if you share that with the provider or the practitioner. Right. So you can both win in that case where your dollar margin will go up, Mark, but your percentage might come down a little bit, but you're still winning. And so is the provider. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, again, this is money that we didn't expect. When we quote someone a rate, we're all assuming here's the minimum hours are going to work. So I just want Travis to hear that. Why, if you're going to work more than that, and we based your whole compensation package on a set amount of, of expected hours only and an expectation of what those hours are going to be, if you mm -hmm. go above that expectation, why aren't you the benefactor of, of that? Again, I mean, I would be willing to even figure out down the road how to even decrease our margins even more and just be able to say, hey, this is kind of more yours because it's, it's something we didn't count on, but we're not there yet. But I think we could be going that way. It just is, is silly. Mm -hmm. And then again, in our, in our scenario, when someone, let's just say they work a callback shift or an overtime or a holiday, we would pay them time and have to have 60 or 90 bucks an hour. Whereas with the other scenario that I see every single day, four or five times a day, they're making time and a half of 50 or 75. So instead of making 90 bucks an hour in a scenario, they're only making $75 an hour. So the agency is really getting them. Now I have seen where some agencies will offer 90 bucks for any overtime, overtime or holiday or callback, but they're not giving them that, that 60 for the hours between 36 and 40, which means they're, they're really padding their margin. And then say, Oh, here you go. Now that you've reached 40, right. we're going to be great and thump our chest and give you some more money, but they've, absolutely ripped you off for four hours because every other nurse that's only working 37 and a half or 39 hours didn't get that overtime benefit. So they're, they're, they're compiling all those, like you said, margin increasing activities. So how, how do you solve that? You know, educating the, the traveler, getting more information out there or have a contract that says on the 469th hour, yeah. you're going to get this much more or, or a combination yeah. thereof. So the people that work for us know that. So for example, we actually have on their paycheck stub, there actually has a category that says, here, you know, here's, your, here's your regular hours, hours 36 to 40, and it has that higher rate, and then it has any overtime holiday or callback. So if someone just works 38, they would get 36 hours at this rate, two hours at the, the hours 36 to 40, and that would be it. You have overtime, it's based upon that. Now I will tell our listeners that, I know that a lot of you guys have a wrap, but the one thing that's been driving me crazy, and I've been talking to my development teams, get that 36 to 40 over in there. We don't show it right now in our app, but it's driving me nuts. I think it's a great yeah. benefit. And I also want people to see the overtime because um, they can't tell. So not only we pay higher, but we also do things right. So for those travelers that don't are interested in overtime, but they do see themselves working 37, 38 hours, I mean, it just starts adding up, let alone making more in every hour. I mean, if you're making 150 bucks or 100 bucks more a week, 
and you're only working 36, they're still going to make five, six grand a year more. And let alone if you work 37, 38 hours, it, come, it can come close to 10, you know, $10,000 a year just by the company you choose. And I'm sure there's a few other companies that do it like us. I haven't seen anybody that does the 36 to 40, but the more people listen, the more people demand that. The I'll, more I'll tell you that we consistently see the traditional way. After 36 right. hours, there it's it's the same to 40, 36 well, to 40. It's, it's become an industry standard, so travelers just agree with it. Um, but I want every traveler out there to ask your recruiter, if my compensation is a combination of my meals and incentives and my hourly rate, why can't I get that meals and incentives divided by either 36 or 40 hours that I'm normally working and have that put into my taxable income and, and be taxed fully on any hours between 36 and 40 at that higher rate? Let, let your recruiter try to struggle through that because they will go. Uh, they won't have a clue. The, the answer, the, the answer would be, and then you you kind of beat me to the punch on it. But the answer to that would be, well, you know, we can't increase your stipends. They are set because this is the set stipend. Well, the answer is what you just said. Well, okay, it's taxable, so you're going to get an extra ten dollars an hour. You might pay two dollars in tax, so you're pocketing eight dollars more right. for doing the same job that you would have done anyway. The real answer is that we don't want to because our profit model and our, our margin model is predicated and based on the fact that we research this every single year and we know that the average traveler works 38.25 or whatever it is. And so we count on that for our margin. And if they were to, to lose that, a lot of those, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars a year in some of these bigger companies on just those hours alone. They would be in trouble if they had. Well, to be I'll tell you, if, they were gonna, if, if that became the industry standard, if they were going to lose that, guess what? The pay rates base would go down a little bit to to compensate to get the margin oh, they yeah. need to end up at. That's what would happen. You're exactly right. I mean, people on my that. side of the desk are, are relatively clever and I'm a lot smarter than I am, I'm sure, but they, they are not going to lose that money. They'll, they'll pad it somehow for a while until people start figuring things out. So anyway, no, I appreciate yeah. that because I just wanted that reaffirmation. I wanted to help my listeners kind of understand yeah. what I'm talking about. And I've, yeah. it's easy to bounce it off of you and have you kind of explain that, but that's exactly right. The, the, this the is the kind of thing that, that, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is the kind of thing right. that for a traveler, and generally, the profile of a travel nurse or a travel travel med medical professional is, you know, a spirit, entrepreneurial spirit or, you know, always looking to learn and experience new things. And, you know, these are the kind of things that when they find these things out, it's not it doesn't usually go well. They get upset. They get frustrated with the they get disenchant disenfranchised with the, with the industry. This is part of why we see a lot of travelers wanting to go independent and become more of an advocate for their own business and their own their own profession and career. So this is just another Absolutely. example of it. You hit the nail on the head. When I when I get some of the phone and I try to and I and I get to explain that to them, again, we've talked about this. Travel healthcare professionals are not supposed to be financial experts. Now I do I do highly recommend, and I've said this, one of the first things you should commit to doing is if you're gonna be a travel healthcare professional, you need to understand these very simplistic arithmetic numbers when it comes to your contract and, and what you're signing off on. But my but the reaction, you're right. More often than not, people get an instant anger because they look back on how many contracts they have signed with and how often they work anything over 36 hours or overtime or any holidays they volunteered for and how they've been ripped off financially for all those hours by their company who acts like they're their best friends and, and sends them, you know, M&Ms on their birthday. And I think like it's some sort of justification for absolutely <laughs> ripping them off for tens of thousands of dollars a year. And, and it's, it's built and it's sad. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. But again, yeah, we're trying to change the industry at Next Gen Med Staff, and that's just a little wrinkle of something that I want to sleep good at night, and I haven't been able to because I've never done that. I've always compensated higher for those hours, but it it does allow me to know that we're trying our best to have a win win scenario, and I think that's what what you guys offer. It's a win win. So let's talk about what's the typical 
kind of first conversation that you that you start having with somebody who's brand new and, and maybe or hasn't really decided to take a to step. And I, I'm telling you guys, you need to be this is part of your traveling repertoire. You need to have a partner, financial partner, a tax mm-hmm. partner who's working with you. Kind of walk me through kind of what the first conversation and, and what's what's kind of the first sure. step that, that you would recommend when a traveler starts you know, looking at, hey, I think I need to kind of cover my you know what and, and make sure I've got a professional behind me. Sure. There's a couple couple of typical conversations we have. And a lot of travelers will call us before they go out to travel. They're usually really thoughtful about what they're doing. Um, not always, but often they, they plan it out. They reach out to different resources and they really try to map it out the right way. So for that profile of a traveler, we'll get calls early, maybe now for traveling next year. Uh, hey, I'm looking to travel. I live with my parents. Uh, I live in Colorado. I want to go to California. What do I do from a tax perspective to make this work? Right. This is great because now you have three or four months to plan for it. If you have a home with your folks, but you're not yet paying them, I would suggest get together an arrangement, pay a reasonable amount, share living expenses with the adults in the household. Um, you know, you're obviously probably working locally already because usually you can't go out and travel until you have some work experience. Right. And that's a key. You have to have connection to that tax home, uh, an economic connection. So meaning work there. So we'll have those conversations and, that usually helps us. It's 15 minutes or 10 minutes, and it, we usually end those calls with, with the traveler just relieved. You know, the peace of mind is what we keep talking about. We do this because we really like to help people. We like to help travelers. Sounds corny, but we really do. We're out here. I, I get it's it. Business it feels good. I, doesn't I it? love it. I love working with all the travelers, and my wife, as I said, was a traveler, so we know it. We've been there, but we really like to help people. So we tell them, okay, here's what you should do. This will be the way to go. You'll be set up the right way. And then and go out and, and, and go on the road. So those are the great calls because they end yeah, up still happy. happy. Yeah, they're hungry. No, absolutely, they're happy. All right, another another big topic I want to cover with you is uh, explain to to everybody and me too. So I just get a reaffirmation of this: the rules behind staying at an assignment in a, in a different state for you know an extended period of time. What's the what's the deadline where you need to stop taking assignments there? How does all that work? Where you're going to basically the taxes you were. I guess we just got to back up and explain how taxes are paid when you're on your your taxes are always have have to legally be paid where you're currently working by your agency. So if you're in California, and you're a Colorado resident, the agency has to legally pay California state taxes on your for for you. You're they're going to put those into California state. Your taxes are automatically going. There's no way really around that, and that's the, that's the rules. So. Correct. Tell our tell our folks what happens to that money when they let's say only work one assignment they go back to Colorado walk walk us through that and then what happens if they decide they want to stay to California how when does that change Sure okay so if you're if you're a Colorado resident working in California like you said the agency will withhold California taxes if it's done properly because your responsibility as a taxpayer is to pay taxes to the state in which you're working even you're if it's a temporary yep. yep even if it's a temporary work inside assignment in this case, and then what you do when you're when you're doing your taxes in that case, you have to apply for a credit to Colorado to say, hey, I worked in California, I paid California a thousand dollars in tax. Colorado will give you a credit for uh, that thousand dollars, roughly. You know, it's going to be a different calculation, but it's generally going to be a similar amount to that amount you paid California. Right. Um, so, t- t- what I always kind of explain, tell me if this maybe this is not as good a good way to explain. It. I've always said you're, you're kind of loaning. California, that money. But when you get back and your CPA does your taxes, they're basically going to say, hey, my client, even though they paid stuff in, in California, they're a Colorado resident. So we're going to basically take that in that revenue that they paid California, 
the state of Colorado is going to issue a credit and we're going to have you now pay the state of Colorado that income. And that's where the adjustment comes to because either Colorado taxes are higher or lower than California and they will make that adjustment and then either owe a little bit or pay a little bit. Is that kind of the same thing? Um, yeah. So you're going to pay California that thousand dollars. You might get a, you, let's say your net tax is a thousand dollars to California. You're going to pay, you're going to get essentially in theory taxed on that money in Colorado as well. But and the big but is you get a credit for that thousand or approximately that thousand to reduce your Colorado, your would be Colorado tax. So you're not being double taxed, but there, you, if you don't, apply for that credit, you will be double taxed. Colorado will tax you on every dollar you earn unless you tell them, hey, I worked in California and I already paid California a thousand bucks. And that's where the disparagement comes to play. Colorado may say we're only giving you $850 credit. Sure. Yeah, California higher tax rates. Rate. So, so you yes. might have to pay 150 to California, but you're not going to pay any of the rest of that 850 because you've already paid that in. And that's based upon each where you're working and where you're where you're living or where your tax limit is. I'm sorry. Yeah, your tax bracket. It's based on the local, the state's tax rates and your personal tax bracket. Those things factor in. So it's never exactly. Well, sometimes it's exactly a full credit, but often it's a it's an approximate number. It's close to that number. Usually, you don't end up owing a lot either way. It's usually pretty close. Right. And it's it's again much better explained than the way I've been doing it. But the principle still the same. It's not a permanent payment into that state. Until what? Until what's what are the, what's the rules where also that state of California says, hey, you've been here this amount of time and I think it's it for California. I believe it's a year. So you don't we're not going to accept a tax credit from Colorado. Is that the best layman's? I'll tell you one thing. If, Cal if California had its way, it'd be one day. <laughs> one day. They would yeah. Take it off. As I look, uh, I look west. Uh, I'm just kidding. California franchise tax. Don't come. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. No. no, no. So. Yeah, if you're if you're a resident in the same scenario, a Colorado resident traveling as as a traveler working in California, and you're there for 12 months, exceeding or in excess of 12 months, or even if you commit to being there in excess of 12 consecutive months, um, then you would be at risk or could be at risk of having your stipends become taxable, essentially becoming a resident of California by by default for being there too long. Okay, so that brings up another quick question that I've never asked this before because now my brain's spinning. How do you, let's say you say, you know, heck with it, I, I want to I stay here and I'm, I'm making crazy money in California, I'm going to do that. How do you keep Colorado from double taxing you on it? Is that something that you're, you guys would take care of, I'm sure. What is, how does the average travel healthcare professional say, I don't, I don't need to, I can't be double taxed or can they get out of that? Yeah, so when we file the tax returns, we would indicate California residency in that case, if they stayed too long or part year residency, if it happened throughout in the middle of a year. And then when you become a resident of, of California, then Colorado now no longer would have a claim on that income. I guess one thing we skip past when you're a traveler living in Colorado, working in California, you would file a non-resident tax return in California. Very important. So if you file a non-resident tax return, that's going to essentially tell Colorado, I mean, it's going to say Colorado will realize if they saw that return. All right, well, this traveler is a not a resident there, temporary assignment there. They're still a Colorado resident. We tax worldwide income, um, and then they would look for that. We would have you would have to apply that credit. If you don't apply for the credit, you're not going to. They're not going to give it to you. Generally, right. they won't. Yeah. So, and it's not a, like you have to send in an application. It's part of the tax return. It's a few forms we fill out. But if you miss those forms, you wouldn't get the credit and then you would be double taxed. Right. 
So really and truly, I mean, I, I can maybe I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but we always hear, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. There are scenarios, I would imagine, that if a traveler is making insane money in a certain location, and California is a good example of where the cost of living is higher, and you've got a great scenario housing-wise, maybe you're, you're able to pocket more money even though your mm-hmm. income's higher, the cost of living is higher. It might make sense for a traveler to say, you know what, I'm going to do this because I want to I want to maintain that assignment, especially right now when things are so thin. If you've got a great assignment, it may, with advice from a good CPA, if you ran those numbers and looked at the, the you know the the difference, you might end up being head financially by staying there declaring California as your, as your, and it's probably a bad example of a state we shouldn't be using. Well, I'm sure the scenarios where it, where it might make sense to stay and say, Hey, I'm making good money. I've got assignment and I love it here. And I, I'm going to pay this, even though it's, I'm not going to get that credit back. You know, it, it does make sense in some cases. And we, we have clients every year that go through this and they sometimes are really concerned about, Oh, I don't want to overstay. I don't want to become a resident. I want my tax-free stipends, but there is, there are scenarios where, it makes more sense to stay, receive the higher pay rate, and pay tax on the stipends. It happens, but it's sort of, we're sort of programmed to think it's bad. Taxes are bad. It's yeah. going to be a problem. But if you love it there, it's a great assignment. You're comfortable. You're happy. And the taxes have to be paid on the stipends. It's part of a decision that has to be made by each individual person, but it's not always going to cost you more money to do that. You might end up going to you know South Dakota for half the pay rate and make less money. So, right. So you said a couple of things there. When, when someone gets to a point where they're there a year, it is, is it, I mean, they pretty much should no longer be able to take anything tax-free, including meals and SNLs and housing. Okay. Generally, they would become a a resident of that location or that state if they're there for that long. So if they're there for the over, now is that a calendar year or a fiscal year? Uh, It's over a 12 month period, sort of a rolling 12 month. Yep. Okay. And again, it doesn't mean you can't receive the stipends, but they just become taxable, which then changes the financial discussion a little bit. Which means you're getting it all tax. If your agency is still giving you tax free, they're gonna that's gonna come in, and it's gonna come in as as taxable. You have to pay those taxes on all that money you got tax free after that. Just year. like your wage would be taxed the same way. Right. Okay. Another quick question is I, I need to bring up every state. Is every state different, or is it all at a year? What's the rules on on that? Is I mean, is there some states that that doesn't they don't ever take it if you declare that you still maintain your tax home? Is there is there a rule applied differently? This, this is a rule across the IRS federally. So if you're in one location for longer than 12 months or really and then if you if you leave for 30 days and go back, that's not going to work either. This is, a, I think, a pretty key point. If you're 12 months in California, you need to go somewhere else for 12 months before you go back to that location in California. So really it's 12 months out of 24 is the, is the guideline there to be in one location. That's excellent. Cause I see a lot. Here's a perfect example of misinformation, ladies and gentlemen, did I say gentlemen's? I think I just did gentlemen <laughs> go out there and look on social media. I, I implore all travelers, the common consensus among traveling healthcare professionals is you need to take three months off and then you can go back to California. So this is exactly what I'm talking about, how, how a CPA has understands the rules. He or she knows exactly what's going on currently. And you're not, you guys just got to stop taking certain advice. I've always said, I think healthcare professionals are the best advice for assignments, facilities, agencies, really the, the nuts and bolts of how to be a, a successful traveler, way more than what I can provide. I provide a unique thing by explaining what, what's on our minds and what, how I think a lot of things are stacked against travelers that we're all out there to make more money than I think an agency should. We should not be making 30% margins for basically funding payroll for six weeks and credentialing some. It's, it's ridiculous. But having a partner that understands these nuances, you guys, this, when it comes to tax stuff, I would, I would say do not 
get your tax advice from anybody but a professional. I mean, that's just that's just, you know, 101, in my opinion. So great example of, of how it's it's there's just bad information out there. And I, I mean, I can't tell you how long I've, I've had people say, well, I'm just going to go home for three months, do an assignment. I'm going to come right back to you know this assignment. And I'm going, I don't think that's the way it is. And here's a good example of I wasn't 100 percent sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it happens pretty, I think, pretty commonly in the industry where, you know, they, they'll do that and, and there won't be really any consequence. So it's it doesn't mean it's the right way, but it happens. And then it sort of snowballs. Oh, I, I've done it this way. It works for me. Then their friends do it. And it kind of goes, that's kind of how that works. Okay. So last thing I want to talk about some LLC stuff, but if, if someone out there is panicking right now, and I certainly hope we're not causing anybody to be stressed out, but let's just say some of the things we talked about, someone's going, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in a bit of world trouble. What do you, you, you guys can, can, can work with them and work with the, the you know, the IRS, that sort of thing to help fix some of these issues. Yeah, so generally we try, our entire process is revolves around, our process revolves around trying to make things as easy and uh, provide peace of mind to our travelers. We don't want them panicked, scared, because there's really no reason for panic when it comes to this. These are taxes, you know, we know how to manage these and so do some other people out there. So there's help out there for you. Um, it seems very daunting. Like if I were to go into a hospital and have to go administer some treatments, I, I wouldn't know what I was doing. I'd be panicked. So I understand why, where the panic comes from. Yeah. But we, it's really, I, I hate to say it. It's not, uh, you know, it's our job is so much easier than, than their job. For example, we, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, there's a roadmap, a path we take, and it's pretty straightforward and pretty consistent across the board. So we try to relay that comfort to the client that if they come with us, work with us, we're going to make the process smooth, make it easy, and uh, and really keep that peace of mind at the front of the mind. But your question was, um, if there are issues in the past, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you fix that? So the first thing we'll do is we'll advise the client to say, all right, here's the way you should be doing it right now. Let's fix let's fix any issues that are going on. That's the first step. Stop um, the bleeding. So make sure your tax. What's yeah. that? Stop the bleeding. Let's let's stop get the bleeding. Soon. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good yeah. me medical metaphor. So <laughs> we, we stop the bleeding. We say, here's what you do to get it right. So reestablish your tax home uh, or first thing, start taxing your stipends. We'll look at it that way. Mm -hmm. um, often, if it happens, let's say it's October right now and someone's watching this and says, I've been in California for 18 months. The almost the entire year of 23, I've been here. I haven't been paying tax on my stipends. What do I do? Um, in that case, we would say, well, it's October. You're not, you haven't filed a tax return yet to show that, you know, you have time right now. We can elect to have your stipends taxed right now to get that, uh, the bleeding stopped, right? Mm -hmm. And then if there's a period of time in the past where you were exceeding or receiving stipends you shouldn't have, we might suggest that they go out and proactively pay the tax on those stipends. The pay stuff you can set up plans. IRS likes money and they like making interest. So yeah. it's not like they, they're going to, you know, come after you and, and, you know, board up your home. You guys can come up with a scenario where you can, you know, have a traveler. And again, a traveler may have to decide to take some of those less attractive, but higher paying assignments. You may have to go to, you know, the Dakotas or Montana or, or upstate Minnesota in the middle of February. But for a traveler like that, you know, chase some dollars and, and put a little extra jingle in your pocket. Be frugal. I've always told travelers, treat this like it's a business model. You should be looking at increasing your sales or your revenue, which means take the highest paying assignment and do everything you can to start, you know, keeping your operating expenses as inexpensive as possible. And, and doing that will allow you some time and, and working with a group like yours, you can say, Hey, we can now afford to quarterly pay or even monthly or weekly. We can send this kind of money mm -hmm. off and you can get on a plan where you can 
sleep good at night, knowing that even though you, you maybe were ill-informed or uneducated before, now you've got a team behind you and, and an expert behind you who can help you get, get through this so that, you know, you're not paying a ton of interest and, and work this out. And the wonderful thing about Travis is they have that ability to make a lot of money should they choose to. Right. Yeah. So the, I guess the major overall point I would want to make is that it's really not that terrible of a situation if that's what's going on. There's, there's ways to fix it. There's ways to stop the bleeding, move forward on the right track. And it's really likely that the road ahead will be smooth once we get those things sort of stabilized. Yeah, there's 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 light in the tunnel. Don't don't panic anybody. And I hope I hope I didn't make anybody panic. But it's it's important. If you panic and it means you, this is exactly why we want this episode to come out. All right. Let's briefly talk about the future episode. Again, sure. I've always said a smart traveler would form their own LLC. And I think it'd be an LLC that they would form and they would tell their agency, I want to, I want to basically, you know, I want everything non-taxable. I'm going to take care of my own taxes. And you guys are, are, have already started a program to help people form that and to kind of walk them through that. And again, I don't want to steal the episode away, but they, sure. this is something that, that for those, those, those trends, some, I've had people reach out to me saying, Hey, you should do an episode like this. I'm like, I already got it. I already got it, but I'm not ready yet, but they could reach out to you right now and get involved in something like that immediately. Couldn't they? Sure, and they do. We've received just more and more every year calls from clients asking, hey, can I go out this route? Do I, can I do my own LLC, start a business, become self-employed, advocate for my own career? And how do I do that? Do I go get a 1099? What do I need to do? So there's a, there's a bunch of important steps to take during that process. And more right. and more travelers are looking that way. You know, these, these, these folks traveling are really smart and they're interested in their in their future they're building something they want the best and when they see some of the things that go on in the business they they look at alternatives and this is one of the big ones right now well and i'll, I'll tease our audience with this one thing and here's the one thing i'll tell everybody that's thinking about doing this the the principle behind this should be if you tell your agency that you want everything to be not you know not taxed and i'm going to take care of my own taxes your total gross offer should increase, right? Because all of those taxes that an agency is paying just went off the table, which means if we kept our mark, if we didn't do anything, then our margins went to the root. But if we shared that with the traveler and we said, okay, we have no payroll taxes at all. It's, it's basically, if you make $2,000, here's $2,000. There's no taxes that we're paying because it's all, we're all assuming you're going to do it. Then No payroll taxes, no benefits, no insurance, no 403B, 401k, uh, disability insurance, everything. Everything. Right. Right. Rates should go skyrocket or so at least go it, much higher. Right. So if you're if you're doing that, one of the most important things is you got to work with an agency that has that ability to be able to say, okay, if you're doing that, then here is now our new compensation package for you based upon all this thing because it is a win-win scenario for everybody. The agency should be able to offer more. It really shouldn't be a win for the agency. It should be a no-brainer. It's just it, everything stays the same, but the rate has to go up. Otherwise, it's a really big win for the agency. But this clearly is a win for the traveler because – I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it, it solves a lot of these problems with with paying a certain taxes and where you're going to be and what's tax. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I taking for housing? What am I doing else? It's all right there. And, and you are handling that for them and educating them, showing them exactly what you should be doing based upon their annualized plan and maybe over some principles of where they're going. And, and I don't know if geometry or state location has anything to do with that or not. But you're looking at that constantly and helping and advising them on that process. We are. We are. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of upside in it. There's also some, wouldn't call it downside, but there's also several steps that the traveler should consider before they do it. You know, there's cost to setting things up. There's, uh, there's, there's extra administrative work that often travelers, when they start 
undertaking that task, they realize, oh, this is more work than I thought on the mm-hmm. on the administrative side, because essentially they're running their own little agency or a little, a little business, right? Put it yes. that way. So yes, there's more than just being a practitioner or a provider. There's the financial aspect of it. So what we try to do, and we work with several clients in this situation right now, nurses, allied providers, advanced degrees, um, where we handle their sort of bookkeeping process. We handle helping them with their multi-state setups like usual. And we, we advise on the, how to form the corporation of the LLC and provide the tax prep for the business that they created as well as their personal. And the real benefit, just to, I mean, again, I want to do the episode because I want to save something there, but the benefit really should be higher income for the traveler, correct? Significantly higher income, more control, more tax planning opportunities. You can put so much more money away into deferrals, retirement accounts, investment accounts, all those types of things. So yeah, that's the main goal is to create a better financial outcome. Especially if you have another side hustle, the list goes on and on. Well, hopefully people heard all this. Super informative, Joe, as always. Um, Obviously, guys, it's Travel Nurse Tax. I'm sorry. It's, it's yeah, TravelNurseTax.com. Um, my team's going to throw up some stuff on on, on your site. Um, I, I guarantee, you guys, you, whether it's now or down the road, you should be given at least give you know Joe and his team a call. This is this is exactly what I'm talking about. Again, I'm not trying to do an infomercial, but when I believe in something, I get passionate about it, and this is this makes sense to me. I mean, this is a, a, a team that's dedicated for what you guys do. I know there's a few others out there, but you've got a. a a firm in, in, in South Florida. I didn't realize you were in Coral, Coral Gables. In Coral Springs. Coral Springs. Coral Springs. Oh, guys, I thought it was Coral Gables. Fort Lauderdale, Boca. That's right. My roommate used to live in, my, my Florida State roommate was from Coral Gables. So, I mean, right. yeah, but pretty area. Um, you got an expert team down there. And you guys, can, you guys, doesn't matter where they live or where they work, right? You're able to work with clients from all over the country. Correct. We have an office and we have clients that come in that travelers that happen to be in the area, but the great majority are not coming to our office, even though we like them to pop in whenever they can. Right. It's perfect. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get you back on, but I cannot thank you enough for joining me. This was good. It was a reaffirmation. I, I feel smarter because I feel like most of the stuff I said in the last 106 episodes were right. I'm sure that I could go back and go, Oh, missed that one. Oh. But that's why I don't give tax advice. I'm not, I'm not, allowed to. It shouldn't be the case. But you guys need to get your advice from somebody that knows what you're doing and understands traveling healthcare. So um, there's one more point I wanted to make before we go here, Mark. So anybody who's listening or or watching this, if they want to reach out to us and contact us, we we have a a situation set up where they can book an appointment without having to pay that upfront fee uh, as a courtesy for your your viewers and and listeners. So we're going to when they call in, just make a note. Hey, I was watching the Next Gen podcast, or and I listened to it, and so that's why I'm calling in. So they, they will put put that fee on waiver for for that. Perfect. Yeah, to say I heard I heard you on either Next Gen Med Staff or Travel Evolved, whatever it would be. Travel so Evolved. There you that's go. Good. No, we appreciate it. Well, my friend, it was good to to talk to you. We need to stay in touch more often. I got to come down there for. Florida Panthers game or something now that that's the season's picked up. They're having another good season. So that or a Seminoles game. They, yeah, that's too far away. I don't want to drive all the way up there. But that's yeah, that's, that's a hike. That's, yeah, my, that's my, a long My daughter is 11th grade high school now looking at colleges. She might be looking at FSU as an option. Is that right? I, I recommend it. Well, I'll put it this way. It was, I had a great time there. But I always qualified. I, that, you know, my education, I had a great time there. <laughs> well, do you, see the, do you see the degrees back here? My wife and I both are FSU grads. I don't know that. We've not, yeah. we've never talked about that. I think we might have, but I forgot yeah. as well until you mentioned it. So, yeah, I graduated FSU in the late 90s, and so, so did she around 2000. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm not, I'll tell you, I'll put it this way. Dion was playing when I was there. 
Dion was playing. I actually met Dion when I was there. He was he came in for a football camp. He's a good so man. I was I was in the dorms and he came by the dorms by Osceola Hall. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a big hall. He yeah, he's yeah. He's like, I used to live on Park Avenue right there by where Bill's bookstore used to be. Now, Dan used to come into our restaurant after games, and he was kind of out of his element back then. And people, he was so famous at Florida State that I didn't think he knew. He didn't really know how to handle it. But I talked to him a bunch back then. He used to sit there, and, and he never drank or anything. But I, was, I knew right then, I'm like, this guy is not what people thought he was. He's a good man, and I think people see that now. So, anyway, just a side, cool. side note. But I, he's I've always business in Colorado now. That's right. He sure is. Yeah, it's good, it's good for him. So, all right, Mr. Conte, Great. sir. <clears throat> good Pleasure. to talk to you. Stay in touch. Send me that recipe for those things. Oh, I, I gotta I find I, that. I gotta dig that up. I will. <laughs> I might be able to actually make popovers in California. I can't do it in Colorado with that high altitude, but I could probably try oh, those. Those were here. so good. They were awesome. <laughs> they were awesome. Well, let's get our steaks together, my friend. Soon. You got it. All right, man. Awesome. I'll talk to you here soon. Thanks. Appreciate you, Mark. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, so there you go. Um, man, I, I don't even know where to begin. A lot of stuff there. I am excited about the, the LLC discussion. That's why I wanted to kind of bring it up. But we're going to have it down there. Many of you have asked me about it. Some really forward-thinking travelers that have kind of learned about how this will work. And, and again, I don't want to talk too much about it because I want to save some for that episode. But this is going to be, um, I think, another thing, much like Next Gen MedStaff, much like our app is kind of revolutionary, uh, disrupting it. This can change some things. I mean, it really is a win scenario all the way around, provided that your agency offers you a significantly higher pay package for doing what you do. So, uh, again, I don't even know where to begin. Re-listen to this thing. I, again, I hope this, this this bears the test of time. There's a lot of stuff on there. You guys really do need to know what you're talking about when you are either choosing your own CPA or going with, with Joe's firm. You don't want to have that issue. But remember, make sure you feel comfortable with whoever it is that are preparing your taxes that you're asking those questions and i would say ask a lot of questions if you're not comfortable with the answer that he or she's giving you switch find someone that really gets it you know all all accountants and all cpas have a i don't mean to i don't hope joe's okay with saying this but they all have a level of of how much they want to push the envelope so to speak and again if i'm a traveler knowing full well that i've got already significant amounts of money that I mean, it's not significant it is i mean the higher the bill rate the higher your taxable income the less significant it is but certainly a decent portion of your income justifiably and is given to you guys frequently more often than not tax-free which means you've got those benefits already so you want to be kind of careful i would probably choose a pretty conservative uh cpa that's going to make sure i i you know get some money back and and that i'm not pushing that envelope because I mean, it's just a nightmare. To get audited is just going to be a nightmare. I mean, even if everything is perfect, and it should be if you're using a CPA, you still got to go through that process, which I don't think anyone looks forward to. And I think where you get in trouble, again, this is just my opinion, is, is when you try to take what's already been given you, and then you try to take some additional deductions that really you're not allowed to take. And that's that's why doing your own taxes and some of those programs you do on your own or literally jumping into someplace like we just talked about where they were calling I get the good call, Joe, but calling me, I mean, that, that made no sense. And I kept scratching my head saying, man, if that's what's happening in travels out there, every time they throw their documents down in front of these here-you-go kind of places, I've got to warn them not to do that. And if you take nothing from this episode, please take that. This is part of your team. Consider your hiring your financial team to run your business for you or part of your business to help you run your business. If you're not qualified, which most of us aren't, to handle the tax portion of this, which is a big part, you know, percentage, 
get the best person you can afford to get in there. And I think you're going to end up either saving money or you're going to, the money you spend, which is really pretty insignificant for the quality of, of return you're going to get and the peace of mind, like Joe said, I think it's going to be well worth it. And it, we're not talking about thousands. We're talking about a couple of hundred bucks probably difference in, in what should be a relatively simple return based upon investments and other income and that sort of thing that you guys are talking about. So well, what a what a good episode. I hope this is a great one. I hope you guys learned a lot. I know I did learn a few things, reaffirmed a lot of things. It gives me some confidence that, that a lot of things I've said in the past were, were right on the number. And, um, you know, again, I think you're in good hands. I, I, I didn't want to turn into commercial. I'm trying not to, but... Were I you, I would probably pick up the phone and at least take advantage of that free console. And when you have to lose 15 minutes of your time, 20 minutes of your time, you may find that this is exactly what you need. And for those of you that feel like you're in over your head on some stuff that maybe you've been doing or the choices you've been making or choices your agency were making for you, it's okay. It's not too late. You can get someone like this to come in and help you and come up with a plan to, to pay the money you need to pay in a, in a reasonable time and a reasonable cadence for you. Whew. lot there. Guys, as always, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for letting me jump this episode in ahead of time. I appreciate you like you have no idea. We'll catch you next time on Travel Evolves.